Thanks, Minoka. Uh, well, I got to do something pretty fun this weekend. Um, on Friday night, uh, one of my favorite comedians, a guy named Pete Holmes, uh, was doing a show in Raleigh, and um, Kirsten's mom was kind enough to come over and babysit for us. So we got to go to this show, and we had a, a great time. Pete Holmes is hilarious. By the way, if you look up his stand-up later, sometimes people assume because I'm a pastor, if I say something's funny, it must be wholesome and family-friendly. Uh, don't watch his stand-up in front of your kids, but, um, but he is hilarious. Uh, so we're sitting at this comedy club, and I couldn't help but start to think about church. This is kind of what I do, and so I'm thinking about it all the time. And, and I started thinking about the similarities between this comedy club and church. Now, I will admit the jokes are obviously funnier at the comedy club. Uh, and, you know, I know some of you are like, if this was like a comedy club, I'd be here a lot more often. I get that. That's not what I'm saying. But what I mean is uh, church, a lot of times we think of it as this place that we go to have a certain kind of experience, Right? Um, like, and that's similar to a comedy club. If you want to have some laughs, if you want to go see a comedian, a comedy club is the place you go to have that experience. Or think about like if you want to tailgate and go to a football game, a football stadium is where you would go to have that kind of experience. Or you want to see a movie on the big screen, you come to a movie theater, that's where you go to have that experience. If you want to see a concert, you go to a concert venue. If you want to see a Taylor Swift concert, you drop everything you're doing and drive across the country. I know some of you have, have done that. Um, but we, we tend to think of church that same way, I think, that when I want to hear a sermon, when I want to pray, connect with God, see my church friends, church is where I go to have that kind of religious experience. And, and that's true, and it makes sense that we would think of church that way. But if we only think of church that way, we run into a problem. And the problem is that according to Jesus, church is not just a place that we go but church is a part of who we are. It's part of our identity. I wonder if you remember the very last thing that Jesus ever said to his disciples. This was uh, after Easter. Jesus is getting ready to ascend back into heaven. He's getting ready to never see the disciples in person, in the flesh ever again. And here's what he tells them. I'll show you uh, on the slide here. He says to them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then he says, and you will, what, you will go to church on Sunday mornings? You will go to church when you want to have a religious experience? No, it's, it's deeper than that. He says, you will be, this is part of your identity, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, all the way to the ends of the earth. What is Jesus saying there? He's saying, listen, the church is a community that's on a mission together to, to share my inclusive love with the world. Church is not just a place that you go. Church is, is who you are. It's who you are. Now, here's what I want us to focus in on uh, for the sermon today. Uh, within this church community, you, you have an invaluable role to play. I'm going to be saying that word invaluable a lot in this sermon, so just to be clear at the outset, invaluable does not mean not valuable, right? Like it's kind of confusing because if you say inconvenient, that means not convenient. But invaluable means extremely valuable. It means indispensable. It means uh, irreplaceable. And when it comes to the church, that's, that's you, each and every one of you. So when you show up here, you're not just a spectator, you're not just a face in the audience, but you are invaluable. You are invaluable, invaluable, invaluable. We're going to explore that more in, in just a minute, but here's why I'm bringing all this up today. 
Uh, we are in week two now of a sermon series called I'm In. We started last week, and we said this is a sermon series of all about our God-given identity. Who, who does God say that you are? This is such an important question, because if we want to step into the life that God created us for, the life that God put us in this world to live, we have to know who God says that we are. And so in this sermon series, we're looking at four parts of our God-given identity. I'll show you on the slide just to refresh your memory. Last week, we talked about I'm invited, right? That's part of my God-given identity. I'm invited into God's family. Next week, we're going to talk about I'm influential. Don't miss next week. We're going to wrap up with I'm invested. But today, we're going to build on what we talked about last week. We said I'm invited into God's family today. What we're going to see is that within this family, every single one of us has an invaluable role to play. Uh, we're going to look at this very powerful passage of Scripture that Minoka read for us uh, earlier. Um, but before we unpack the Scripture itself, would you join me in a word of prayer? Oh, Lord God, we thank you for this chance to study your word. God, we pray that you would come with your Holy Spirit and open up our hearts today. God, help us to, to hear the words of love and comfort that you have for us. But Lord, also open us to the ways that you're pushing us, the ways that you're challenging us to grow and to be transformed. We pray all of this in the name of your Son, who is the living word. Amen. Well, I, um, I grew up in the church, and I've been active in the church for most of my life. I've been a pastor for a number of years now. And in my experience, most people in the church have no idea how valuable they truly are. Most people don't. And this is a problem that is not new. This actually goes all the way back to the very earliest Christians. Did you know, uh, just about 20 years after Jesus' resurrection, there was this little church in a Greek city called Corinth. And people in this church ran into this same problem where most people in the church had no idea how valuable they truly were. That they started to think like, you know, some people in the church are invaluable, like the pastor you know, you can't have church without a pastor, right? Or like the worship leader, you can't have church without somebody to lead music. But most of the people in the church started thinking like, I'm not really invaluable to this thing. And as a result, they started thinking kind of like some of us do today that, that church is just a place that I go. And they lost sight of the fact that, that church is part of who they were. Well, their pastor was this guy named Paul. He had started the church there, and then once he got some leadership in place, he actually moved on to start other churches in other places, but Paul would keep up with this congregation in Corinth. And at some point, Paul heard that they had fallen into this way of thinking that most of the church didn't have any clue how valuable they were, and Paul was so alarmed and Paul was so concerned that he organized this Zoom call so that he could talk directly to them. There was no Zoom in the first century, just checking to make sure you're awake. He did the next best thing. He wrote them a letter, and this letter was so influential that the church in Corinth, they kept it, they copied it so they could share it with other churches, and eventually it made its way into our Bibles. We now know this letter as 1 Corinthians. Uh, we're going to be looking at this passage in chapter 12 where Paul uses this really powerful metaphor to drive home this point that everybody, every single one of you, has an invaluable, invaluable role within the church. So let's take a look at this. Um, in verse 27 here, Paul says, you, 
church, and he's using the plural there. So like in the South, we would say y'all. If you're from the North, you would say you guys. He says you are, notice this is an identity thing, again, right, echoing Jesus. The church is not a place you go, it's who you are. You are, he says, the body, the body of Christ. He's saying think about the church like a human body. The human body has all these different parts. We got eyes, we got feet, we got hands, we got noses, we have backs, right? What else? Somebody help me out. Elbows, fingers, yes, yes, right? We got all of these things. Which parts of the body are invaluable? They're all invaluable, right? They all have their own function that is so important to the healthy function of the entire body, so much so that it would be absurd if certain parts of the body decided, I'm not invaluable, I'm not even really part of the body, right? And Paul actually leads us in this thought experiment that gets kind of silly. He says, think about this, verse 15. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that mean that it's not part of the body? Like the foot's like, man, I'm just, I don't know. I'm along for the ride here. I'm not really. Hands, hands are amazing. I mean, hands can hold ice cream cones. Hands can send text messages. Hands can fist bump people and give people the thumbs up. And the foot's like, I can't do any of that. I'm I'm just here along for the ride. If the foot said that, what would the hand say? The hands would be like, foot, what, what's wrong with you? If, if we didn't have feet, we couldn't go get that ice cream cone. We couldn't go find our phone to text someone. We couldn't go find anyone to, to fist bump, right? It takes both working together. All the parts are invaluable. Paul's saying, listen, the church is like that. There's not any parts that are not invaluable. It's all the parts working together that makes for a healthy, functioning body. And then Paul really drives the point home here in verse 18. He says, but as it is, God has placed each one of the parts in the body just like he wanted. What does that mean? That means you are not here by accident. You may have showed up to church today just looking to have a religious experience, but Paul is saying, don't be fooled. God put you here. God called you here. You are in this body for a reason because you have an invaluable, invaluable role to play. The church is like a body. Uh, there's a, another metaphor that's similar that I think may resonate with, uh, with some of you. We could think of church kind of like a team. I know it's football season, not basketball season, but a lot of you are basketball fans. So think about the church like a basketball team. On a, a basketball team, if it's successful at all, there's different players with different skill sets, playing different positions. You got coaches as well involved on any successful team. Uh, There's point guards who tend to be shorter and faster and they can pass and they can shoot really well. And then you have the centers, right? And they're really tall and they're kind of slow and they usually aren't as good at ball handling, but they can get some rebounds and that's important. Then you have coaches to keep the whole thing organized. But think about it. If the whole team was just point guards, how successful would that team be? It would be tough because they'd be really bad at rebounds probably. Or if the whole team was just centers, they'd be really good at rebounding, but who's going to dribble the ball and who's going to shoot? Or maybe the worst of all, what if all the team was was coaches? They might not even score a single point, right? Like I was thinking this week, um, think about Coach K. I'm going to pick on Coach K for a second. Even if you're a UNC fan, you've got to admit, like he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. But can you imagine if Coach K tried to be a basketball player and like went out on the court I mean, the dude probably couldn't make a middle school team, right? There'd be eighth graders dunking all over him. It would be sad. It would be sad. What's the point? 
everybody on the team has their role. And for the team to work, everybody's got to buy in and be engaged and play their invaluable role. That, that's how it is in the church as well, Paul is telling us. Everybody's got a part to play. Uh, you know, I, um, I see this same dynamic every Sunday morning here at Kindred Church when I look at our volunteer ministry. Shout out to those of you who volunteer. You know, which volunteers are most invaluable? Well, uh, if the greeters didn't show up and put out the signs, how would anybody know that we're here or where to find us? If the hospitality team didn't set up the tent and put out the donuts and the, the coffee and make people feel welcomed and loved as they come in, how would anybody know that they're welcomed and loved at this church? If the Kindred Kids team didn't do such an awesome job caring for the children, we'd have parents in here who couldn't even focus on worship because they'd be so worried about what in the world is going on with their kids. Or the host team that sets up everything you see up front here. If they didn't beautify the space and remind us that we're here for worship, we'd be staring at this nasty floor that is covered with stale popcorn and you can't even see. It's like Jolly Ranchers and crushed M&Ms. It's disgusting. It's not very worshipful, right? So we need the host team to beautify the space for worship. You know what would happen if we didn't have an AV team? That's what would happen if we didn't have an AV team, right? No church. Think about if we didn't have any volunteers who were willing to stay after to clean up and pack up all of our stuff, what would happen? The theater would kick us out of here for leaving our junk everywhere, and then our church wouldn't even have a place to meet. Which part of the team, which volunteers are, are invaluable? All of them are invaluable. It takes everybody working together. And what Paul is telling us in this passage is that's how God designed the church to work. It's supposed to be that way. And the church is at its best and the church is at its healthiest when everybody embraces their own invaluable role. So my question for you, if I can just lean on you a little bit this morning, my question for you is what is your unique God-given invaluable role within the church? What is your role? And are you fully embracing that God-given role? Here's why this is important to think about. Uh, you, you don't want to be that part of the body that's like falling asleep, right? And you don't want to be that teammate who's not even in the game. Think about this. Um, I read an article recently, not to be gross, but it said that um, like 80% of Americans admit that we use our phones while we're in the bathroom doing our business, right? So, okay, quiet. You can pretend like that's not you, but the studies say it's, it's you. And if you're under 40, it's definitely you, okay? <laughs> Don't back away from me. Uh, so because I know that this is you, I know you've had this experience. You're doing your thing in the bathroom, and you get on your phone, and um, you get a little distracted, right? And uh, more time goes by than you realized. And when you finally stand up, you realize your legs have fallen asleep, and so you're waddling over to the sink, and you got pins and needles going, right? It's kind of like that when, when we fall asleep in the church. When we're part of the body that's not embracing our invaluable role. It affects the whole body. It makes the whole body worse. Or here's a less gross example, since you guys didn't like that. Uh, think about this. You are uh, watching a UNC game, basketball game. I made the Duke Coach K reference earlier. I'm balancing it out here, right? Um, so you're watching a UNC basketball game. And midway through the first half, you see Armando Baycott, one of the star players. He just walks off the court in the middle of the game. And he climbs up in the stands. He goes to like the 15th row. He plops down in an empty seat and he just starts eating popcorn, watching the other players play the game. What would you say? 
Well, I'm a state fan, so I would think that was hilarious. <laughs> but if I was a UNC fan, I'd be like, Armando, bro, what your team needs you. Get, get in the game. You're not here to just sit in the stands. Get in the game. Well, it's kind of like that at church when we don't embrace our God-given invaluable role where God's given us the jersey, God's put us on the team, but we're in the stands eating, eating popcorn. We don't want that to be us, right? So, so again, I ask you, what, what is your unique God-given invaluable role in the church? And are you fully embracing that role? A couple of suggestions for you to, to help you think through this. If you're brand new to Kindred, your invaluable role in this season might just be showing up to worship on a regular basis, not just like when you feel like it, not just when it happens to work out, but like you make an effort to be here every Sunday you're in town. Why? Because you have no idea the impact that just your presence in this room makes. You being here, showing your support, being a face for other people to see when they come, it makes such a difference in the mission of our church. For others of you, if, if you've been around Kindred for a while, maybe your invaluable role is, is to jump onto one of those volunteer teams that I mentioned earlier. For those of you that are already volunteering, shout out to you. Thank you for that service. I'd still ask you to just think about, am I fully embracing my God-given role? Is there more that God wants me to be doing? Maybe more availability that I need to be offering? Uh, we're not trying to burn anybody out, so if you pray about that and think about that and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm where God wants me to be, I'm, I'm fully embracing my role, that's awesome, but I would encourage you, stay focused on that because if we're not careful, we can kind of drift over time and, and our priorities can, can shift without us realizing it. And as I say all of this, if you find yourself thinking like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling this nudge that I need, to, I need to do a little more, I need to invest a little more in the church and, and play my part, uh, but you need a little guidance, I would encourage you to reach out to Candace Florian, who's on our staff. Um, Candace wears a lot of hats on our staff, but uh, one of her jobs is she's what we call our next steps coordinator. Uh, as, as a church, we believe so strongly in the importance of everybody finding their unique role at Kindred that we devote a disproportionate amount of staff energy to this. And so Candace, part of her job is to make herself available to meet with any and every one of you that wants to, to have a little guidance and a little help figuring out what is your role within Kindred Church in this season. So if that relates to you, get on the church website, uh, send Candace an email. She'd be more than happy to, to meet with you and talk you through that. Uh, we, we don't just go to church, right? We are the church. And every single one of us has an invaluable, invaluable role to play. Last point I'll make uh, about this, um, just to get us thinking about how important that this really is, that all of us are fully engaged. You know, um, there's this conventional wisdom in pastor circles. Uh, there's this conventional wisdom that says, you know, in any given church, there's only ever going to be like a small fraction of the congregation that, that's fully embracing their invaluable role. That there's this conventional wisdom among pastors that says that in any given church, you're only going to have a small fraction of people who are willing to show up every Sunday there in town. There's only ever going to be a small fraction of people who are willing to volunteer. There's only ever going to be a small fraction of people who are willing to give financially to the church in a, a sacrificial way, meaning that in most churches, you're going to have just a small handful of people funding like over 80% of that church's ministries. And that's, that's sad to me that that's conventional wisdom, but it's conventional wisdom because in most churches, there's a lot of truth to that. In most churches, mo most of the body parts have fallen asleep. Mo most of the teammates are in the stands eating popcorn. 
But here's what, you, what I want you to hear. Listen to me. At Kindred, we're not trying to be most churches, are we? And we have the chance to do this differently. We, we can turn this conventional wisdom on its head. We're still relatively new. We're a church plan. And if we work together, we can build this into our culture together that active engagement is the norm and not the exception. And think about the impact that we could have together if all of us embrace this. Like, dream with me for a second. Think about all the people in this area that we could reach with the inclusive love of Jesus. I'm talking about the people in Durham, in Hillsborough, in Chapel Hill, the people who are sitting at home right now because they've given up on church. I'm talking about the people sitting at home right now who have been told they don't belong in church. People who are overwhelmed by life. People who are stressed out. People who are lonely. People who are hurting. People who think they're in it all by themselves. People who have no idea that Jesus Christ is already head over heels in love with them. And he always, always will be. We can reach those people together. And God has put you on this team. God has put you in this body and me too, so that we can reach all of those people and more. But here's the thing. We, we can't do that very effectively if the body parts are falling asleep, right? We can't do that effectively if we got teammates who are sitting in the stands eating popcorn. All of us, all of us have an invaluable role to play. So remember, we don't just go to church. We are the church. And you have a role to play because you are invaluable. You are invaluable. You are invaluable. Let me pray for us. Well, Lord, we thank you for calling us into your family, God. We thank you for telling us that we are invited. That's part of our, our identity. That's part of how you've created us. And God, we thank you that not only are we just invited into this family, but you've given us a role, Lord, an invaluable role. For each of us here today, Lord, uh, open our eyes to the particular, unique, specific role that you're calling us to play in this season. God, you've given us an extraordinary mission of sharing your inclusive love, a mission that is more important and more relevant now than ever a mission that when we embrace it gives our life so much meaning and so much purpose. God, help us to fully embrace that so that we can work together, each of us in our own different ways, to activate that mission, Lord, and to reach all the people in our area that you're already in love with, that you're calling, God. Make us an instrument of your kingdom. We pray all of this in your name, Jesus. Amen.